Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of From Entrepreneur to Author. I'm Jackie Pretty from Grammar Factory and we help entrepreneurs write and publish awesome books. And today I'm pleased to introduce Jeff Anderson. Jeff is the founder of video production company Sonicsight, which helps companies tell creative stories through video. He has worked on productions throughout Australia, New Zealand, Singapore and the US, and he's also the author of the Amazon bestseller Shoot Me Now, Making Videos to Boost Business. So to get started, could you tell us a little bit about your business and how you got into what you're doing now? Sure, Jackie. It's actually, uh, I just did a podcast on that whole question, a uh, 30-minute uh, version of that. So I'll give you the short answer, which um, I, I had a friend who, he and I were working at a radio community radio station, and uh, he was a technical director at Channel 9. And we got talking, we ended up uh, starting a business together, which um, was around, around doing video production. He was doing the technical side of it initially, but over time, um, I got more into it. I enjoyed the, uh, the creativity of it. I enjoyed the, the storytelling. Um, and it just evolved over time. And I found myself becoming a, a cameraman and a producer and a writer really by doing it on the job, learning it all on the, on the job. Along the way, I've done marketing courses and other courses to uh, enhance my skills and certainly some writing courses and producing courses. Um, but yeah, most of it has just been um, hands-on on the, on the run, but now I've been doing it for 23 years. Now, that's a very long time when you consider that for small business, video has only become a big thing in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, I, I tell people it's, uh, we've taken uh, two decades to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Um, so we have been making videos for companies for a long time, um, and it was the days of doing it on via. You know, the master copy would be a VHS that they'd show in a boardroom somewhere. Um, and I look back and I think, wow, you know, how do we survive with the the workload uh, back then compared to the um, the abundance of mm. projects that are out there at the moment? Uh, but there was always people who were wanting to communicate. A lot of our business is business to business communications. So these are you know companies who want to promote their services to the other businesses that need to buy them. And um, yeah, we, you know, we're, I guess we're in the, visu the visual storytelling business. So out of curiosity, other than the technology, of course, what has changed from then to now? Because now it's obviously a lot more popular and a lot more businesses are trying to get their voices heard. Um, well, look, I, th I think the answer does include the technology because I think it is so much more accessible for people. Mm. It's, it's accessible for people to watch it on YouTube, on their phones, um, and it's, it's accessible for people to create it, um, similarly on their phones, on their computers. When I started this business, um, the, the standard non-linear, the computer-based editing equipment you needed cost around $250,000. The cheap version was $100,000. So entry to market was very, was very limited. No, I don't know many SMEs with that budget. <laughs> Not for video, at least. No, you have to be pretty committed to it. Uh, and so it's a different world now. You know, you can pick up your phone and you can actually, you know, if you know what you're doing, you can create some compelling content. So it's, I think that's the most significant change. It is because of the technology that it has become so much more accessible for people. Now, you are also a published author, as I mentioned earlier. What motivated you to write a book? I guess as, as more and more people started making videos and as they could do it themselves, 
I'd see these terrible productions being made. And I thought, oh, gee, I wish you'd just asked me. I would have happily <laughs> given you some advice. I don't need to do it. But I, would, I, I just think, look, you've just made some really fundamental mistakes there. You know, you haven't organised a microphone properly or you, you've shot it under a flight path where you've got this, you know, horrendous noise going on or, or traffic noise or whatever it is or, or you framed it terribly. You just needed to tilt the camera down a little bit so the person's head was at the top of the frame. And there were all these sort of, basic things that I'd look at it and just go, oh, look, you know, you just need to do this, this and this, and it would, you know, lift it 100%. And so I, I did the Key Person of Influence course, and, and part of the process of that is to, is to write a book and, and basically put your expertise down in print. And I thought, you know, I've been doing this for 20 odd years now. I do know a lot about this stuff, and I would be happy for people to, to make less mistakes, I guess, if they were to read my book. So I, I just did a brain dump and I just put down, um, you know, everything I can think of that, you know, that I'd learnt over the last couple of decades uh, that could help make it easier for people to, to make compelling videos. So can you give us some examples of what some of those things are that make such a big difference? Uh, well, let me, let me open my book and see what... <laughs> I talk about the order in which you've got to um, you know, plan your productions. A mm -hmm. lot of people can get very excited about doing the filming, but if you haven't got your, um, your structure right, you haven't got your, you know, your story right, um, you can end up doing the shooting, getting back to the edit suite and realise, oh, I've missed you know, half the shots I need. I have to go out there and film it all again. Um, so it's, you know, it's planning it. It's, it's doing as much of the stuff that you can do on paper before you have to start really spending the money. So... It's all about just thinking through what you're doing. It's also a big part of it is being clear on who you're presenting to. Um, it's, it's very common when I talk to companies, they want to talk about what they do. This is, you know, the service we provide. Mm. This is, you know, why it's really good. And then when I talk to them, I explain to them, that's not what people are interested in. And they go, what, what do you mean? And say, so, well, that's not why they're, they're spending money. They're spending money for the result they get. And you have to help them work through that the tree from the forest show them that you know okay that's what you do but how is that relevant to the audience so the first thing I always ask the client is you know um, who's the audience and then what's the key message mm -hmm. and so from there you can work out okay how do we approach this to get a compelling result for them and knowing who the audience is is really critical because that's going to make a difference of you know what you talk about and as tempting as it is for companies to talk about and show you know what they do and how they do it the audience is really interested in how that how that matters to them. Mm -hmm. So you've got to, you've got to cut the chase about why all those things you know are important for the audience. So yeah, we work through that. We talk about the technicalities of um, in the book. I talk about making sure you got the sound right. It's the biggest problem that people have with videos. Um, it's the first thing that identifies an amateur video mm -hmm. if you've got quality sound. Um, and then you you know you look at lighting, you look at the camera, um, and you know how to make it look look and sound great. Um, and then the different types of videos you can make. So there's, you know, hundreds of different types of videos. One that I particularly love is a case study video because I find it's a very simple but a highly effective way to connect with your audience. Uh, if you can interview customers who are on the same side of fence as your, your, your audience, talking about how your service or product has helped them, that's the story that your audience is going to be engaged with they're far more likely to listen to that person than they are to listen to you saying how great you are. Mm -hmm. If you've got somebody 
who's used your service and can show it at work and, and explain how it's working for them, that's where you can quickly cut through uh, the noise of advertising and people go, oh, that's what I need. So I encourage clients to look at that. And I think it's a very easy and an effective way to create uh, content in this day and age. Um, if you've got a happy client who's prepared to talk to you, point the, uh, the camera at them and, and let them tell their story. And the other thing about that is it's storytelling. Mm. You know, it's somebody explaining where they were before they used your service, why they needed your service, how that service was provided, and how their, their business has transformed or their life has transformed now because they're using your service. So, um, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's engaging. Now, one of the common words that has come up is storytelling, which I find very interesting because a lot of people... A lot of people, when they think about doing marketing, uh, sorry, when they think about doing video, they think about marketing to someone. And they might mm. think, oh, I'm just trying to sell a product or get someone to opt into my email list. They don't necessarily think about telling a story. So what role does storytelling play in those sorts of videos? Well, I think it's an easier uh, journey for, to take people on if you're taking them through, you know, a series of, of uh, of a story, you know, series of steps. You know, this is where we were, this is where we go next, this is what happens after that. Um, I think it's, for me, that's, I guess that's, that's the way I like to communicate. Mm. Uh, but, I, but, you know, because I find it works. Um, Humor is another great way if you can integrate that into um, the productions. Um, and that's, that's tricky, you, mm. you know, it's, it's not easy to get that right because you can, uh, you've got to get the right, the right balance there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, I think it's storytelling is, um, you know, it, it's, it's easy for people to, to get engaged with them and they don't feel like they're being sold to mm -hmm. they're hearing a story. I think they're, they're more interested in what's happening rather than feeling like they've got to, you know, have their uh, antenna out about, you know, what's, what's the cat or whatever. Now, clearly you're an expert in your field and you really know your stuff, but you're not a writer, are you? Um, I look back in my school days, I think I got 57 out of <laughs> I, um, I, I must uh, see if I can track down one of my English teachers and send him a copy of my book. I'm sure they'd... Um, look, it's, I, I am an I aren't. I've, I've written hundreds and hundreds of scripts for the videos and that's something that I've, I've sort of developed over the, over the decades. Um, and it was actually really useful doing that along the way because it, I have learnt that for me, writing happens best in the morning. So um, when I was preparing to write my book, I was clear right from the start that the best time for me to write is um, is in the morning. Um, and so in preparing for for writing this book, I you know would get up at five thirty or six o'clock in the morning. I'd get out of bed. I'd sit down at the computer. I'd start typing, and a few minutes later, I'd wake up. And then I'd, and then I'd find that you know I'd written. An, for an hour and a mm -hmm. half and I'd, you know, clicked out, you know, a thousand words. So um, that was uh, that was the process I adopted. I was doing it as part of a group. Um, we were all writing together for over a month and that was really useful because you've got, you know, 50 other people who are your accountability buddies, mm -hmm. you know, that you want to um, uh, do your bit for. So, and I, I was prepared for it. I, I, gone through this uh, process of with this mentor Andrew Griffiths who was you know an amazing um, guide in, in, in the process of writing a book and it was all prepared it was the you know planning out the process so working out you know what my central question is going to be 
then working out, well, what's the topics that I need to address for that? And then working out my table of contents. Um, for me, I used a program called Scrivener. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Jackie? Uh, yes, I am. I don't use it, but I've worked with people who have. I'm a big fan of it. Um, and what, it, what I did was I loaded up um, my table of contents in this directory structure that you can create in Scrivener. And then I'd get up each morning and I'd have a look at it. And the ones that were blank were the ones I hadn't written in yet. So I'd just pick one of those and I thought, right, I'll write about that today. Um, and because it was my knowledge that I already had, uh, was a lot of it was was brain dumping. A lot of the stuff I thought about beforehand, some stuff I, I did some you know extra research for, but probably a good eighty percent of it was just my opinion, my brain dumping. So I just pick a topic and see which ones I hadn't filled in yet, and then I'd write on write that one up. And um, some of them were easier than others. Um, and then after about a month, I'd written around twenty six thousand words, which uh, was a good chunk of it. Then I spent the next couple of months and I pushed out another probably 6,000 words. Um, and then from there, we edited it back to um, to about 30,000 words. So I used my business partner as my editor. So Tim knows the industry as well as I do. Um, he's also a very accomplished writer. Um, he's, he's writing for magazines all the time. And so I felt comfortable trusting him. Um, with, with the book, and, and I hoped, and he did, he was able to add some value as well in terms of um, other industry information that was useful to, in, to include. So um, that was a, a useful, uh, yeah, useful asset, I think, to have someone like that that I could trust that, who would, you know, he'd tell me if, you know, something wasn't working, as he, as he did, um, and, you know, we'd tweak it from there. So I'd like to jump back a little bit where you said you wrote the first 26,000 words in a month, and then... Mm spent a few months actually doing the last six and I feel this is very common. The um, the word count number might vary but people do tend to power through their first 10, 15, 20,000 words and then lose momentum. What happened there for you? Well, the 30-day challenge was over, uh, firstly, and I did want to, I did want to get it over 30,000 words and so I was thinking, okay, how do I put some more information in here, which is going to be useful and valuable. So it's not a matter of just, you know, how do I thicken the book with some extra words that, you know, aren't really helping anybody, but what do I, you know, where else can I add value? Um, one of the things I learned was that anecdotes are really useful and helpful uh, in, in terms of explaining what you're talking about, but also adding, you know, more content to your book. So uh, I think I went through and, and uh, looked for a few more anecdotes that I could include, having, you know, Fortunately, with 20 years' experience, I had a few stories I could tell. Um, and also, it was, it was Christmas time and, and beginning of the year for me and stuff, so it was a bit distracting. But I think it, it is interesting. You, you can sort of feel like, oh, I've done the hard work here, but I found um, what was challenging was finishing the book. Um, I'd sort of, even, even after I'd written the, the 30,000 words or 32,000 words, Actually, the next few stages of the process, it, so I finished probably that 32,000 words in February and I didn't actually launch the book till December. So there was quite a, quite a, uh, a gap in between there, which um, when you think, you know, I, I wrote 26,000 words in one month, it was a year later before I actually published the book. So what happened on your publishing journey then? Well... 
so first of all, I had to get it edited. Mm-hmm. So that was with Tim, and we went back and forwards a few times. So there was a few months there of um, of tweaking it and going back and forwards, and and I think that's useful. Um, I think you do need a bit of time away from it so that you can come back to it with some fresher eyes. And so Tim would look at it, he'd give me his feedback, then I'd go through it and I'd um, you know review it and take on board what he said and tweak it accordingly. Then he'd have another look at it. Eventually, we sat down together over a, a few nights, and we actually read through the book page by page together and um, discussed bits and pieces. Um, so that that was the first stage of that process until eventually we got to a point where right, it's it's done, it's it's good to go. Um, and I had learnt along the way that it's better to be prolific rather than perfect. Mm. So I had accepted that there's possibly going to be a few typos that are going to slip through. But I think if you wait for it to be perfect, you'll never publish mm-hmm. something. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to publish it, do a first draft, um, and then I can, you know, I'll ask some friends to find the uh, typos for me. Um, and it was funny. I'll, I'll, I'll recap about the publishing process, but I did send first draft off to about four different people and they all came back with about a dozen typos, but none of them were the same ones. So, <laughs> so they all missed each other's typos, but they, uh, to collect all, and then I found about another dozen that they had mm-hmm. all missed. So um, there was all that, that was all, all part of the process. But I think if you accept that it's okay to do that um, and then you can improve it and do another draft. So what happened then? So I figured, okay, I've got it edited. I need to get it typeset. Um, and... I realised, I think, through hearing some other people with their journey, the first stage of getting it typeset is working out what size your final book is going to mm-hmm. be. You need to be very clear on what, um, the, how many millimetres your, your pages are, the width and, and height, so that you've, you start from the end. So I got that sorted. I was using um, a company, Lightning Source, in Melbourne to do my printing for me. So they do book printing and they had certain um, templates for the different books. So I used one of their templates in terms of the size. Then I went online and I started looking for a cover design and a, um, and a typesetter. And I found a chap in the UK who could do the typesetting. And I did it through uh, Odesk, I think, which is now Upwork. Mm. Uh, or it might have been Freelancer, one of these. But I had a whole, whole stack of people apply. I had a, a budget of about... $500, I think. Um, and they, um, I got different people applying and this guy just sounded like he'd, he'd read my brief and he was up to it. And he was very, very good to work with. I've referred him to a few other people. Um, and he, you know, he did a good job. It was, um, I had some ideas of what, I, how I wanted things to work. I had um, different little um, QR codes throughout the book of videos for people to link to. So we worked out a way to integrate that. I also had some, um, I don't know what you call them, some some key phrases from within mm-hmm. the page were pop-outs. What do you call those? Um, <laughs> I just call it feature text, to be honest. I'm not sure if there's an official term. Yeah, so anyway, a few of those, just to add, just to make it look a little bit um, more interesting. Um, lots of headings, lots of um, uh, breaking, you know, small sections to the book so that it's easy to digest. Uh, so he laid all that out for me. We... You know, um, it was funny the first draft he did, though. He did it, he'd centered the text, and I just went, no, no, you don't center the text. So um, anyway, we got it sorted from there, and it was all good. Um, 
And then I had to get the cover design. So I did that through 99designs, where basically, once again, you put a brief up there and you say, this is what I'm looking for, this is a budget. Um, and I said, right, let's start on the cover of the design. So I put a brief and I said, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. Um, and I got a whole stack of awful designs submitted, but then I got one or two that were actually quite good. And there was one that you know jumped out at me and I thought, yep, that's great, I'll go with that. So um, then I just worked with that girl to tweak it a little bit. I think she was from Mauritius or somewhere. So I felt like quite an international <laughs> collaborator. Um, and then from there, we you know, once once we got the front cover designed, I then got her to, to work on the back cover um, and the spine. So initially, I just wanted to get the, the front first before I, I worried about the rest of it. Um, yeah, and then I got uh, all the right bits and pieces on the back. Um, once again, using the template that was supplied by Lightning Source to make sure that the um, dimensions were all correct. Um, Eventually, as it's gone through other editions, I've just taken over the artwork myself because I know my way around Illustrator and Photoshop and I've just tweaked it a little bit um, to put my best-selling uh, Amazon um, logo on there as well. Um, so, But it, that, that, those steps actually were the challenging part. It was new stuff. It was a little bit different and... I've, I, I say to people, like, the writing the book is like the nine months of it, but the actual final stages of publishing it, getting it um, typeset and the cover design, getting all the little insert pages you've got to get right, all the little, all those little details, it's like that's the giving birth part. That's not that I've done <laughs> that, but that's the, that's the hard part of actually pushing it out at the end, which um, I guess some people can lose momentum with that because I guess they feel like, well, I've written the thing, and that's satisfaction enough. And, and I know uh, my mentor was saying there are so many books out there that have been written and are ready to go that are never never published. And it's such a pity mm -hmm. when, um, you, you know, if you can just persevere with those final steps, you can, um, you can get it all done. No, I see that all the time because being an editor, I'm at the beginning of the publishing process. And I see yeah. so many people where we work really, really hard on their books and then they forget about them, you know life happens, business happens, and suddenly it's in a folder in their computer somewhere, never to be seen again. And and the pity for those people is, if, you know, having a book, I mean, it's it's certainly one of my career highlights. Um, and it's something that people can never take away from you now. You know, you're a published author, and that's, you know, it's really cool. Um, and I've had people read my book who I've worked with for, for years and years. I've had cameramen who are, you know, phenomenal cameramen who've worked on Mythbusters and all sorts of shows and said to me, wow, there's some really good stuff in here. And I'm thinking, but didn't you know all this <laughs> stuff? And I realise that although I've, got, I've, I've learned a lot from them, I've also learned a lot from everybody else I've worked with and everybody else I've dealt with and everybody else over my decades of experience. And I'm the only one who's had all of that knowledge. Mm. And, and that's what I put in my book. And so although you may think, oh, you know, what have I got to offer? What, what can I give? You are the only person who knows what you know. Um, and if you can collate that, um, you know, it becomes, you know, useful for, for people who haven't had all those different experiences that someone like, you know, in my case that I've had. Mm -hmm. Because I've worked with so many different people in different ways and done different things. And, you know, and I've compiled it in that together and it sort of yeah it was quite quite surprising when when this chap was saying that to me i thought wow okay that's 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 cool it's useful
get your books out. I do encourage people, <laughs> finish them. So now that you're a published author, what sort of benefits have you experienced from a business perspective? Well, um, a lot actually. Um, some are intangible, some are tangible. Intangible things is th there's a level of confidence that you have about yourself and your business that you didn't have before. You know, basically you've stepped up a, a level. You've said, you know what, I'm going to own my expertise. I'm going to put a stamp on this and say, yeah, I do know this stuff. Um, and so that that helps you when you're um, negotiating. It helps you when you're you know meeting someone for the first time. Um, the look on people's faces when you give them the book is priceless at times because, especially when you you know you've written it a year or two ago, the um, people are uh, you've sort of forgotten about you know the the value of mm -hmm. it sometimes. I think you hand it to people and they're like, oh my god, you know, can I have this? <laughs> Yes, you can, and they, and and you've signed it for me. Oh my God, you know that's amazing. And you're thinking, really? I had someone popping here the other day to, and they were they were selling some cookies or something, and they said, and I had my posters up and my books on display. And she says, Oh, is is this where this book comes from? And I went, um, Yeah. And she goes, oh, I've been telling my my brother he has to get this book, he has to read it. And I said, Oh well, let me give you a copy. She goes, Oh no no, I can't I can't take it. <laughs> Well, why not? She said, oh, no, I have to pay for it. And I was like, well, sure, okay, really, but I'm, I'm happy for you to get it. So, And, and part of that, uh, in terms of what it's done for my business, it's not about selling the book. It's about getting the book into people's hands. Mm -hmm. It's about positioning yourself as an expert. Um, and the way, you know, that I've seen it happen is, is a classic story I have is a government department um, chap rang me up and said, can I have a meeting with you? Um, I've got a copy of your book and I want to um, talk to you about a project we need to do. And I said, sure. So I met with him and I, I think he said to me on the phone, um, look, I'll be up front with you. I haven't read your book yet. And I went, oh, that's no problem. You know, I'm happy you, you bought it. That's great. Anyway, I had a meeting with him. He says, look, we've got this video we need to make and it's $25,000 budget that we've got for it. And I went, okay, that's nice. And uh, he said, uh, and I said to him, okay, well, what do I need to do to, to win the, the tender? What are you looking for in a, in a winning bid? And he said, well, I know you can do the job because you're published, <laughs> which, which I thought was hilarious because he just admitted before that he hadn't read the book. Mm -hmm. So it's that, uh, that thud value that, you know, it's marketing. It's, it's making people, you know, it's, it's separate, you know, setting yourself apart from other people. Um, and we got that job. We got that $25,000 job because... This guy wanted to work with the author. He wanted to work with the expert. Um, and that, to me, you know, sums it up. I got a, a, um, a phone call the other day from a chap who, who had my book. And, you know, that was a $5,000 job. And I think some people worry. I mean, I've put as much as I can think of to help people make videos into my book. I've just dumped, you know, 20 years of, of learnings in there. And if somebody wanted to, they could read my book and they can make great videos. And I hope they do. But I also get people, and, and I must say this is an ulterior motive I have, I had with it, was I put so much information in there. I wanted people to realize if you want to do this well, there's an awful mm -hmm. lot of stuff you've got to get right. And so people read the book and they go, yeah, you know what? Maybe we should just get you to do it for us. So um, I think some people might be worried, oh, if I give away all my knowledge... Um, you know, they won't need me. But in fact, what happens is you position yourself as an expert, they recognize that and they say, you know what, this is a lot more challenging than we thought it was. Why don't you just do it for us? 
and we'll pay you the big money mm. because you're the expert. So I think um, having the book, being able to hand it out has, has certainly transformed my business. It's, it's transformed the way people look at me and it's, it's, it's mean that I'm able to charge more money for my services. I'm able to step up and say, well, look, I'm worth this because I'm the author, I'm the expert. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I say that flippantly and because I, I laugh because I think there's a lot of other experts out there. There are a lot of other video producers out there who are brilliant at what they do. Um, and I'm in awe of them. And for me to stand up and say, I'm the expert is, is quite cheeky. Um, but that's a marketing tool. I mean, it's, it's, it's how people look at you when, when you're a published author. And you think, well, that's the whole that's the whole point. Let's go with it. Let's let's make that work for us. I'm just putting myself in that position of getting the twenty five thousand dollar deal because you've written a book, even though the client hasn't read it. Um, <laughs> and I've experienced similar things, and I know so many other authors who have. As soon as you have a book, it's the most powerful business card you can have these days. Oh, it sets you apart. Um, oh my. It is funny when you're, um, I was at a party um, uh, a week ago in Melbourne for our, the mentor who helped me write this book and I was there with 70 other people and we were all published authors. So writing a book is a, a wonderful thing, but when you're in a community where you're talking to people about, you know, how's your book working for you? What's happening with your book? It's quite bizarre mm -hmm. that you hang out with those people. They're all authors. Um, but you're hanging out with the 1% or the whatever 0.1% of people who are actually authors. And it's a cool space to be in. Mm, absolutely. Now, if our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they go? Uh, they can go to jeffanderson.com.au. That's G-E-O-F-F-Anderson.com.au. Um, they can also go to sonicsite.com.au. Though it's S-O-N-I-C-S-I-G-H-T. .com.au. That's my, uh, that's my video, video production business. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. No, it absolutely has. Thank you again.